Welcome to the Mindful Mutiny Podcast. I'm Jeremy Van Wert, the CEO, therapist, and transformational coach, helping you get unstuck from burnout and stagnation. On Mindful Mutiny, we thoughtfully rebel against anything that keeps you from achieving your highest potential. Please go and like this podcast, leave a comment, leave a review. It really helps as we are building a podcast like this. What I do is I take people like you who are working on who you are trying to be professionally and personally, and I help you identify your values, your goals, and your setbacks, and we build a strategic plan together to help you get where you need to go. So go to jeremyvanwert.com and see if you'll like what, you're, what I talk about there and book a session with me because I would love to chat with you. We have a very special guest today on the Mindful Mutiny podcast. We have got Natasha Rumos. How are you doing? Ooh, hello. Hi, Jeremy. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, how about yourself? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so happy to talk to you. I've, I've been waiting for this for a while. I've, I've watched your videos. They're, they're really so great. So we'll, we will definitely get into all of that. I want to introduce you with a bio here so that everybody kind of understands what you are about. We are talking to a musician here. Natasha Rumbos is a Venezuelan singer residing in Miami. Inspired by Miami's tropical lifestyle, Natasha crafts songs to provide an escape and evoke vibrant emotions. In 2019, she showcased her talent at the Metro Sound in Miami, I-95 Entertainment. Transitioning to a solo career in 2020, Natasha collaborated with DJ Breezy. Their fusion of Urbano Latino and Brazilian funk has produced five captivating songs with music videos featured on Telemundo and Mega TV. Learn more about Natasha by going to natasharumbosmusic.com. Natasha, you can also catch her on La Mega Radio on 97.5 in Rochester, New York on Sunday evenings from 4 to 8, where you host there. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we, we have some fun there. I, I, you know, tell everybody what's been going on the whole week of all the the chismes, the farandula, as I would say in a, in a Spanish, it's a Spanish uh, radio station. So you get to enjoy that uh, vibrant Latin culture with me. That's awesome. Now, now, right now, you have been working, you've worked on these five songs. You can go to her website and you can see these things. So on your, on your website, you've got the videos and the music right there. And it's, it's, I've, I've got to tell you, it's really well produced. Like the, you, the you. work on it is really good. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm shout outs to my producer, DJ Breezy. Honestly, he took has taken some of my ideas and kind of has mind blown me. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, like that's, not what I was thinking, but I love it, you know? So um, shout out to him and my videographer, Valeria Urbano. She does all my music videos. And this girl, she's only 20 years old. And the talent that she has in creating, editing her vision and the whole videos are just, wow. They're, I'm, I'm blessed to have such a, it's a small team, but it's honestly a, a team of just fiery, amazing, talented uh, people that have brought out my whole vision into, you know, songs and visual. Well, it, you, it's, it sounds like you've got a really tight-knit team of people who you really understand where you're going. 
Yes, yes. And it's very, it's very important. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm at a stage where I'm still, you know, growing my team. Um, and, and it's exciting because you get to like experience, um, you know, connect with other people that are passionate about music and can bring so much to the table. So yeah, it's all about trial and error. And, and, you know, I, I'm happy with the producer that I got going on and, and my videographer uh, right now and everything else I do myself. So if there's any publicists out there that want to help me out, social media people, <laughs> come my way, please. Because holy, holy Moses, it's a lot. Well, and I think everybody should watch uh, your, your song, Sugar Daddy. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sugar daddy. Okay, hold on. Let me get a little close because look at this. This is my bucket hat, sugar daddy. Bucket has one of my merch items that came out last week during Art Basel. Um, sugar daddy. Oh my God. So, okay. So kind of a little backtrack on uh, sugar daddy. So I've always wanted to do Dembo, um, which for people who don't know that Dembo is, it's the music that you listen to in Dominican Republic. It's very like Caribbean, very, very lots of drums. It's very repetitive. And it's something that's really hot right now. Um, you know, there's big people in, in, in the Dembo industry, like El Alfa, Rochiardi, Tokisha. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to try that. You know, it's it's not usually what I go for, but I'm the person that loves to explore the little subgenres within the Latin um, world. And, you know, the, the beat came out and I was like, wow, the, we created the beat first. We had no idea what we wanted to do with the song, but I was like, I have a beat. Um, I want to, you know, do something. And nothing was like clicking, you know, like I was like tossing my papers and I was like, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. And then uh, side note, I'm a bartender. So I get to talk to a lot of people at the bar. And the bar that I used to work at was very fancy. You would see a lot, a lot of sugar daddies coming in with their sugar babies. And um, it reminded me of my college days of my college days, like I never had a sugar daddy, but uh, my best friend, well, my best friend at the time, she was obsessed with sugar daddies. And I was lucky enough to be taken into all these luxurious um, places and travel with them. And so I kind of was like, you know what? Like, let me kind of get inspired by that and make it into a song. Why not? You know? And that's where sugar daddy came from. This whole this whole scene, you, you're you're a you're Venezuelan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and so you you ha there's a lot of influences of like South American culture and music that you've worked with in the various different songs that you've produced here. It, are are there specific genres that you just really feel drawn to? Specific kind of cultural music that has always moved you? Um, well, since I was a little kid, I've always um, enjoyed the songs that kind of wake me up, you know, that 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 makes me want to get up and do something and, and be active. So I feel that's one of the reasons why almost all of my songs are very upbeat. Um, I feel like, um, you know, there's always a lot of room for music, but I feel like making music that's upbeat and like that gets people going is is just what makes me super happy and um and and seeing how people react to my music is 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 honestly an honor for me and I'm like yo I'm doing something right 
you know, if you're enjoying my music. And so, yeah, I listen a lot to like upbeat music. Like I love salsa. I love merengue. Um, I love reggaeton. Like I'm a very Hispanic girl. So I, just, you know, I go back to like Daddy Yankee, Don Omar. And um, I in inspired by that, honestly, when I think about my music, I think about those legendary people that have made a mark in the Spanish world of, of music. What what is what are the parts of doing the kind of music that you do that you find to be really enriching? Bringing that kind of music into like more of a mass American culture, you 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 create this music, and you obviously are performing on stages where it may not necessarily be your crowd, but there's lots of people there. What what really brings you satisfaction in that? Uh, so that's an amazing question because this happened to me, um, la two weeks ago during Art Basel. I, I was, um, taken to do a show in Wynwood and it's a very, uh, for people that don't know about Wynwood, it's a very artistic, uh, city. There's, you know, graffiti, there's a lot of art culture, but it's not so much his, uh, Hispanic community. So, you know, they had, they told me, oh, Natasha, just come sing your sugar daddy song. And then when I look into the crowd, I was like, okay, there's not a lot of like Spanish people here. So like, you know, I, I hope they can, you know, connect with it, just, you know, hearing it, not understanding what I'm saying. And then when I started performing, I am not lying to you, Jeremy. These people had no idea what I was saying, but they just took out their phones and started recording me and like really like vibing with the B and they're like, oh, sugar daddy, sugar daddy. Like they, you know, they caught onto that. And I was like, and that made me feel so much better because I was so worried. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't think this is like the right crowd for this. But honestly, music can be loved by any single person that like just enjoys listening to like beats or feelings, um, you know, vibrations of, of, of the notes. So it, it, it's a, it was very beautiful to be able to experience uh, that. So that brings me a lot of satisfaction, even though you don't understand what I'm saying, like, you know, I feel like my music can reach a lot of different uh, people that don't necessarily have to know Spanish, but really enjoy it. Another thing that I've noticed is that you're very unapologetic. You're very um, uh, Spanish first in in the, the things like your your lyrics are in in Spanish. Your website is in Spanish unless you go up and you select English, which is great because it's like right there. It's not a big deal, but it's Spanish first, and so it really feels like you're you know working towards being really an ambassador of this kind of music, bringing it um, more and more into like a greater sphere of like what you're trying to do is grow your brand, but also remain very authentic. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, so it's so funny because I'm more comfortable in English. I feel so much more comfortable talking in English, but I love writing in Spanish. I, I tried, you know, singing some parts in English and are just doing, um, uh, music and English in general, but I just feel like it just doesn't have that um for at least for me, um as an artist. So I I like to focus a lot on like you know I am doing Spanish music, so I gotta make sure like I'm going you know with with the brand of like Spanish, but also giving that option for people that don't understand um what I'm saying that you know you can translate that and know who I am, what I've been doing, what I do, what I sing, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, I, it is, I have gotten some requests from people that 
maybe I should do a Spanish, I mean, an English song one day. And, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the people. Well, sure. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you'll, you know, go where things need to take you. But I, I, I wonder if the, it's the linguistic, more um, rhythmic syllables of the Spanish language that, that, that sound great with that, like that staccato sound of the music, because you do a lot of, of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like rapping as you're, as you're speaking. It's very rhythmic as the way that you, is, you the sticky, sticky, the sticky, sticky music. Yep. Yes. Yes. That, that I feel like that's also one of the reasons why in, uh, I sing in Spanish. Cause it just, it just connects better with the, just the, staccato um you know rhythm that you're talking about there are some not all of my songs are like rapping there are some that are that can show my my vocals a little bit and um I do want to steer a little bit away from just doing that type of music you know I do want to explore I'm actually exploring Afrobeats right now um which is very very uh cool and interesting for me and 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 it's different from what I've been doing and the Afrobeat that I'm working on right now it's kind of giving me more of a more of an opportunity to showcase uh my vocal range because I'm actually a soprano um, I was in chorus in high school and I would do a lot of classical songs and I was always doing the, you know, the, the really high notes. And um, but I've always felt more comfortable singing in my lower uh, range when it comes to that. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I also read somewhere that you played the French horn in high school. Oh, my God. So it was it was in middle school, actually. That was actually what opened the doors to me figuring out that I wanted to do something in music that wasn't French horn. So, <laughs> so Please I, tell me you were in the marching band. I was not in the marching band. It okay. was just, uh, it was just like the regular uh, middle school band. Concert band. We, yeah. I don't, I don't think we had a marching band to be honest, but I was, you know, I, I wanted to join band. I've always loved music since I was little. Like I would always, and the family parties, I would be the one entertaining the family, like going up and singing, you know, Shakira, singing J-Lo when I was little. And like, and you know, when I went into middle school, I was like, I really want to try something in music. And there wasn't like a chorus in my middle school. So I was like, let me do band. Why not? I've always had a thing for a saxophone. So I was like, maybe let me learn some, let me learn saxophone, you know, that jazzy, sexy, but sensual sound. And unfortunately, my last name is with an R. So uh, by the time that I was able to pick my instrument, all the amazing instruments were gone and I was left with the French horn, uh, which the French horn is a really intricate, like very hard instrument to learn. Like I thought I was like, oh, this only has three keys. This can't be that hard. Very difficult instrument. And for the people who, who actually... Uh, have a career uh, with the French horn, I applaud them because that is the hardest instrument I have ever tried to learn. And it made me realize that I'm not really into band like that. I, you know, I wanted to be more in the front, like the one where everybody's eyes are on. Like I like feeling that pressure, that pressure of like making sure that people leave happy out of a performance and that, you know, thank you to the French horn. Thank you, French horn, because you led me to chorus, which led me to where I am now. Uh, 
Yeah, it led me to chorus, and I studied classical music all my four years in high school. We did musical theater, and I was like, oh, man, this is what I want to do. Natasha belongs on the stage. Where did you grow up? So I was born in Barquisimeto in Venezuela, which is a very small city, like, uh, like kind of like Miami, Orlando, kind of like that, like Orlando. So like, it's like a four hours away from the main capital. It's a very small city. And then when I was five, my mom decided to bring us to the U.S. And I was basically raised here. I've always lived in Miami all my years. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm more Miamian <laughs> than Venezuelan. I mean, I still love my amazing arepas, you know, cachapas, pequeños. I still have those Venezuelan uh, flavors, which you see in my music, but I feel like I'm a little bit more Americanized since I was raised here. When did you really start taking an interest in music? Um, definitely it was in middle school, right? When I joined band, um, that led me to re like realize that, you know, I, I like music, but I don't want to be in a band. I want to explore vocals. And that led me to audition, um, for, um, a high school program that was like a vocal magnet program. You had to do like three auditions. You had to learn how to read, um, notes. And I was like, you know what, let me give it a shot. And I got in as a freshman. I, all those four years, I actually, oh my God, you're going to die on this. So I just remember this. So this is my award, my little award that I got when I graduated high school. And it's from my program. I don't know if you can see it, but it says vocal music. And it says, uh, most likely to succeed in music. They gave this to me in 2013. Uh, my vocal magnet programs. I uh, this is such a nice, cute reminder. Um, and it was called Star Academy. So, oh man, just thinking about all this stuff makes me like, wow. Like I've I've come a long way since like high since chorus. Like I was afraid of singing in front of people. Like I'll never forget the first time I sang. I literally sang one word, I put the mic on the floor, and I ran off the stage. I was so scared. I was so traumatized by the amount of people that were just looking at me, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. Is, is and this, then, oh, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Is this fear or something that you've had to kind of contend with through your life? Yes, yes, the, the yes, the, even though I, right now, I don't have that fear as much anymore but in the beginning it was a little hard because I would my nerves would get to me and then when I would start singing my voice would start shaking I would start singing in the wrong key and you know I had to I had to learn the hard way to learn how to control the nerves how to control the jitters and kind of I had to build my confidence and my professor, my, my music professor, which I still talk to, and it's been 10 years. This year was my 10 year of high, my high school reunion. And I still talk to my music professor. And he's like, he's, he always tells me, he's like, Natasha, I'm like, I, from the moment that I, you came into my class, I knew 
that you were going to do just amazing things in music. And I just want to tell you how proud I am that you're still, you know, going really hard at this and that you're doing things, you're going places, you know, you've been traveling, like singing and it just, you know, that, that um part in high school definitely built, built me as the artist that I am today made me um, get over my fear of, you know, being in a, in a group in a in a room of like at least like couple hundreds of people and it and made me learn that music is you can't do music by yourself you know you gotta like you gotta thank everybody everybody that you know the sound engineer the the person that's running the mics um you know there's there's a lot of moving parts and and high school made me appreciate all all those moving parts and and the experience that I got from being in chorus, doing musical theater. Uh, yeah, it was a very, very nice uh, moment in high school for me and, and, and connecting with my music part. So you get out of high school and where do you start going? Like how, how what is the transition into the next part of your career as you start growing? Oh man, everything went downhill. Everything went downhill, 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 my friend. So everything was going super great. I was like, I was, I wanted to study classical music. I wanted to be an opera singer um, because we were just so influenced all of our, my high school years. We sang so many classical songs and we saw so many plays and we went to opera shows and I was like, wow, like people actually have a, have a, create a living from performing. Like I was just like, I did not know that this was like, so big like you know and and I was so dedicated to like you know what this is what I want to do there's nothing else that I want like I wanted to study accounting no it's just not for me <laughs> and I'm more of an art person I have to be hands-on um with people entertaining people talking to people um making people happy I feel like that's always something that can be a fault like in me, sometimes I feel like I kind of put people in front of me more than myself, you know, like I just like to make everybody happy. I, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself trying to make people happy, but I, I really enjoy doing that. So sorry, I'm going off track. But <laughs> so anyway, um, I was gonna, I was, so I was gonna do classical music. And I got accepted into this amazing program in uh, the University of Miami. And into their into their school of music, which is one of the hardest programs to get into um, in Miami, and I got into it. That was the only school I applied to many schools, like many music programs. That was the only school that accepted me in their music program. So, and that was the school that I wanted to go to. I always wanted to be a hurricane. Always, <laughs> always wanted to be a hurricane. And, you know, I want to do this, like, yeah, yeah, And then it hit me where, you know, I live, my mom is a single mom. And, you know, she wasn't really in a great financial point back then. So the when I got my acceptance letter, um, I got my, like, financial aid or what they were going to, like, help me out with. And it was, like, wow, like 10%. And, and a, a semester... It was a it was a private school, so a semester was like fifty grand a semester just to go study there, wow. and yes, it was a lot of money. And you know, my mom couldn't like we were depending on the banks loan like lending us some money or like me getting some financial aid, and you know things didn't really go my way. And I'll never forget when my mom sat me down and she's like, 
she and my mom has always been a person that she's like you do what you want to do if this is what you want to do like I support you 100 percent um but you know she had to sat me down and she's like listen Nati I just I I really can't do it like I can't I can't financially put you in a school, um, you know, in a music school. And and that kind of was a really spiral, dark time for me. I had just graduated. I was graduating high school as a senior. And I was like, oh, my God, I thought I had everything, you know, planned out. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to UM. I'm going to study classical music. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to maybe thing you know it just it everything just crashed down for me and, and and I look back at it now 10 years later I'm 28 now and I'm just like wow I'm so silly I was so silly back then you know like I took all of that anger and I had no anger towards my mom I kind of was just angry at the world and the universe and God and I was just like maybe you know this is a sign that I shouldn't do music you know like it was fun for high school. It was a great hobby, but I just took it so hard. I took it so hard on myself and I just completely removed myself from music. So I went to college. I had stopped music. I stopped singing. I stopped doing everything music related. And I used to, um, on Sundays when I would go to my church, I was part of their uh, singing leadership program. So I would sing every Sunday. I stopped singing on Sundays. I quit. Like I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I don't want to feel the way that I felt again. So I just decided to run away from it. And um, during my college years, I, crazy enough, because I was like, I was never involved in anything music. None of my friends knew that I actually had a talent in music. It was just something I never shared with anybody because I just didn't want to relive and have to tell that whole story of how I couldn't afford to go to the university I wanted to. And then um, when I started, you know, if you want to interrupt me, go ahead, because I can talk so much. <laughs> and when I wanted to, like, what I want to study, like, at this point, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? All I wanted to do was music. So I started to be, okay, I do like the music industry. So, like, what else can I do that doesn't involve singing? So I was as I was trying to figure that out, I tried to do journalism. And that didn't really sit well with me like I just uh, the whole writing like paragraphs it just it wasn't for me I was not passionate about it so I switched to accounting and mind you my whole family are accountants so it was just like oh this is like the back the 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 the, the plan d <laughs> so I was like you know what let me just do accounting hated accounting I did like a semester of accounting and I was like this is not this is not the way to go and then finally, I was like, I sat with my counselor and I was explaining this whole thing. And then she's like, well, why don't you try public relations? And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, well, what can I do with that? She's like, well, you could be a publicist. You could be a publicist for a singer. You could be a publicist, you know, for anything in the entertainment industry. And, you know, you get to live the artist life, but you don't get to have that whole pressure of like, you know, you know, having to sing and, you know, and all this stuff, like you handle all the communications. And I was like, okay, that sounds like something, you know, I do love to talk. So that sounds like something I can, you know, go forward with. And I did my four years in public relations. Um, I got my degree. I did hospitality as like a 
plan B from it. And then um, as soon as I graduated college, I was like, all right, I'm ready for the world. Let's, you know, and I did a lot. I did the coolest internship during college. So I was like, oh man, this is it. I think I found it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a publicist. Um, I had the opportunity to intern for a, um, a company called Acoustyle Communications. And they're their clients were all Spanish singers. So we were we were representing a Natina Tacha. I don't know if you know who she is. Natina Tacha, we had Farruko, uh, we had Jay Balvin. Like these were like pretty, you know, back then they weren't as huge as they are now, but they were well known. So I was able to get, I, I attended the billboards red carpet here in Miami like as an intern. And I was like, I was I was watching, you know, my boss kind of like, you know, take all their all, all the artists and, and like tell all the media like, hey, like you need to interview these people. Like it was just like I was like, wow, like this is cool. This is like, you know, you're interacting with people. I was so excited. I was, I was like, OK, like I finished this internship and, you know, and they'll offer me um, they'll offer me a job as soon as I graduate. Like I was. Oh, uh, where is it? I have it here somewhere. Oh my God. I I literally love where I'm sitting because I have all these memories <laughs> hanging. So this was my, look at this, so official. This was when I did my uh, billboard. It says Natasha with Telemundo. Like I had my own little pass. I was like, oh, I'm a little publicist. And um, right when I graduated, um, they didn't have any positions. I don't know what the hell happened. They didn't have any precision. I was like, okay, fine. And I couldn't find anything in the music industry for a publicist. So I ended up working for Pollo Tropical. The pub I start I, I started working for the publicist company of Pollo Tropical. And I'm gonna tell you right now, those were the miserable six months of my life. Like I was miserable. I had the shittiest freaking uh boss who just did not motivate me to do anything. And I was just talking about chicken. Like the whole time I was just talking about chicken. And mind you, I love Pollo Tropical, but it made me realize like, I cannot be in a place that has nothing to do with music. Like it's just, it's just not a no-go for me. I just, I'm not happy. Like I, I'll, I'll not forget, like the, the first six months after I graduated college were, were very dark times for me. Like I would wake up in the mornings with so much anxiety. I felt like I was gonna throw up every time. I did not wanna go to work. I was not happy. I was like, if this is gonna be my life for like these upcoming years, like I don't know if I'm gonna last, to be honest. Like it was like, it was a dark moment. I even asked my mom that I wanted to go speak to a, a psychologist cause I was, or a therapist because I just didn't know how, I, I, I didn't wanna feel the way that I was feeling. I felt like I was a failure. I felt like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? What did I go to college for? Like, I just, I had a meltdown. <laughs> I had a meltdown. <laughs> and then, wait for it. After this whole meltdown, I was like, I was scrolling through my Facebook. Scrolling through my Facebook. And then, you know how sometimes Facebook um, shows you like your memories from like years ago on your feed. So um, this song came up that I had wrote with us, uh, with one of my friends um, in high school. It was an electronic song and I had posted it on Facebook. Facebook reminded me and I click on it and just 
everything came together in that moment for me. As I'm listening to this electronic song, and the song is just very silly. It's called Party Till We Die, which is like, you know, I was 15. I wrote this when I was 15. Like, you know, it was, but it just brought me back to like, wow, like I just, re I remembered everything so vividly, like how I felt when I was writing it, how I felt when I heard it, like how I felt like, oh my God, like I imagined myself performing this and I was like, I need to give music another try. And that was, that was the beginning of now. <laughs> I've, I've got a, I've got a question for you because this is kind of burning uh, in me as you're talking about this. You got into the was it the University of Miami music program? Is that, is that the one? Uh huh. Hey, so right out of high school, you attained this kind of prestigious thing. You're able to go to the school. You know that the money kept you back and everything like that. But what was it inside you that made you feel like you needed that? That I needed to go to that specific school that you needed a college education in music in order to be a musician? Well, because that's what was instilled in me. Like, you know, you need to have a degree. You need to have a degree to do this, to do that. So I just felt like, ah, oh, I had to get a degree in music. And I just, it, I did not have to. I don't have one. And I'm no. still doing a lot of, so I'm like, I was so silly at 18. I, you know, sometimes I wish I could just like rewind and like tell my younger self, like, do not quit. Like, do not let this like, you know, sway you into another direction. But, you know, I, I, I like to think about it as a, it, it wasn't my time then. And and my time is now, so that's how that's how I'm looking at it now. But yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 what it seems like it was also was it was a false barrier. It was an in a a barrier that stood between you and a big dream that you had that really lived inside you, and it was fake. You had this this idea instilled in you that without a college diploma that you weren't going to be able to be a part of the music scene when you know now that you are a part of the real music scene that very few of the people that are the most successful people in music attended a university to learn that music no they started playing the music and getting really good at it the same thing that you're doing right now yep that's exciting. I'm just like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy that we get in like, this is like, brain, kind of brainwashed a little bit that you have to, you know, have a music degree to be able to be someone in music. And that is completely false, completely false to so whoever is listening to right now. If you're into music, you don't need to study, you don't need to have a degree um, in, in music to, you know, to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's all about perseverance, determination, and believing in yourself and in your craft and in your message, honestly. And then, you know, always, always keeping that your head up no matter what. And yeah, and I mean, honestly, I've been doing it for three years, like, like a 2020, well, 2019 um, was when I got that Facebook memory thing right. and then I decided to open up my YouTube channel and you know do covers um I was I started auditioning for bands and I was able to get into the cover bands Metro Sound Miami and I-95 Entertainment which led me to perform around Miami and I was getting paid for it and I was like wow like this feels so freaking good like why did I wait so long why 
why I could have been doing this in college, you know? So like, it just made me angry like years back that I was like, you know, I was so silly, but it is what it is. Like, I can't, I can't be upset at things that have already happened. I just have to focus on the present and, you know, the future. Yeah. You know, no, now and what you're talking about now, it's, it's like, so it's so profound because you, at the end of this, you, you're, you're now building something really good and you can, you can see how versatile you can be, how quickly you can shift, how many opportunities there are. And if it doesn't, if this thing doesn't work in this market, well then try it in this market. And you might find that you're super big in Dallas and nobody cares what you're doing in Denver, you know, so you go to Dallas, you know, you, you have the ability to invent where you're going and what you're doing, the kind of sound that you want. And it's about these relationships that you're making along the way of people that are really trusted people in your nucleus that are helping you create the sound that is so vividly, uniquely you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have been helping me out uh, throughout the way. Like, you know, those the, the chance that those cover bands gave me, I'll never forget, like it, it, my last time performing before that moment was in in, um, in high school and in an auditorium. So when I started performing with these bands, they were we were going to Bayside. Um, have you heard of Bayside by any chance? Um, now, Bayside in California is a church. Okay, so in Miami, it's a it's a very tourist area where there's like oh. it's like it's an outdoor mall that has like stages where people can entertain, like it, which usually are meant for like cover bands and people like huddle there on the weekends and they just you know they have their drinks and they're listening to music. So my first time performing again after high school was you know they they're like you know let's let's do a little run test and see how you how you work and I was like all right like I was like give it to me I'm ready for this I'm ready to give this a shot like I know this is it and they're like okay pick two songs and I've always been inspired by Selena Selena has oh, a legendary voice um beautiful um human being and and you know I, 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 when I saw her movie, I felt very inspired by her because like she, like she didn't speak any Spanish, but she connected so well in her songs and eventually learned um, the language. And, and she was just so humble and, and just so like, uh, I just, I love just the person she was and what her music stood for. So I chose Como La Flor and I chose Bidi Bidi Bom Bom to perform in on, on Bayside so you know I'll never forget the guy comes up to me he's like okay they're like oh we're gonna have you know Natasha Rumbo she's you know trying out for our band let us know how like you feel with her and then oh my god Jeremy that was one of the most beautiful nights and and such just amazing memories coming back to me and I feel like my eyes are getting watery right now because I was like in that moment I was like okay this is this is a sign. This is it. This is, I felt in my heart that I was doing the right thing. You know, that I was, I, this was my moment. I sang Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. And there's, there's videos on my YouTube channel. Cause I post, I, my, told all my friends to go, my family and everybody was with their phones and all these people stood up and they were like singing along with me and just like 
oh man, that energy that I felt from those people, the way these people looked at me, like if I was her, like they were just so excited and they were like, oh my God, like, yes, like sing it girl. Like, ah! And I was like, oh my God, this is it. And you know, that night, that night was it for me. That night was the moment I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue music. I'm really going to give it a shot and I'm not going to back out this time, no matter what hits me. I'm going to get back up again and I'm going to continue doing it until my name is in Times Square. Um, and yeah, and, and I started doing cover bands. I got myself a vocal teacher. Like I was, I'm very serious about this. I was like, I'm going to get somebody that's going to, you know, teach me new techniques and help me, you know, guide my voice and guide, you know, the, the, the range I want to do, explore, you know, get better. And I was with a voice teacher and then I started doing my cover bands and then the pandemic hit. So the pandemic was a, was a very important pivotal point uh, for me. Um, I, I was already, I was working two jobs at the moment. I was working at a, a publicity firm, which I wasn't happy at, but I needed, you know, I needed to pay the bills. And then I was working on the weekends with a radio station. I was a brand ambassador for the radio station. So I was just like working the concerts, events, like hyping people up. Like I, and I loved it. I freaking loved it. I did not, I was working seven days a week, technically. Like I, and honestly, I was really freaking happy about it. But then I had no time to focus on my music. I really had no time. Like after work, I was so tired. I just didn't feel inspired to like, you know, do that. So I was already before the pandemic happened when like January of 2020, I was like already thinking about quitting my other job. So I was like, I need, if I really want to like get, like get this going, I need time. I, I need to be able to explore what I want to do and then see what I'm going to do. And then boom, the pandemic happened. I was left with no job. And so I took that moment to really dive deep into who I wanted to be as a singer, what I, what type of music I wanted to do. Cause in the beginning I was doing kind of like Latin pop and crazy story. So I actually, oh my God, you're gonna, you're gonna die of laughter, Jeremy. So I went on Facebook and I was looking for like singing gigs or I was part of this like group on Facebook for like gigs and this guy posted something on on that group saying he needed a female vocalist to come and record uh some songs and like he was willing on paying money for it and you know I had no job this was during the pandemic and I was like sure like let, let me audition and you know see what happens this guy contacts me. He's like, hey, I heard your audition. Like, I really like your voice. Would you mind driving to West Palm Beach to record, you know, this song? So I, you know, I took my mom. I always take my mom everywhere. I was like, mom, you're coming with me. Uh, we're taking a road trip to West Palm Beach and, you know, see what happens. I get to West Palm Beach. I meet this guy. This guy used to be the the stunt double um in Power Rangers like the original Power Rangers he was one of the stunt doubles and I was like oh snap like and, and he was like yeah like I know people in industry blah 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 like all this all this crazy stuff and then um I started working with him he like he had a bunch of songs that he would just write like he wanted to do like a Latin American pop band and I I in that moment I was like you know what I'm trying to figure who I am as an artist so yeah, let's be in a band together. Like, we'll see what happens. And um, 
we created a couple songs and then that he helped me like we're not like we don't talk anymore like we kind of went our separate ways like right when the pandemic ended but he was a, a key he was the key like I'm very grateful that I met this man because he pushed me to write a lot and that helped me um, get better at being creative and writing melodies and writing lyrics and the only reason why we kind of didn't work out as a band was because I felt that the sound that we were producing wasn't the sound that I wanted. I wanted to get into that reggaeton, urban Latin. And when I had discussed that with him, he was like, oh, no, like uh, beats, like beats that get made on the computer. That's not music. Like, no, like we I want to do like guitar, drums, like I want a band, which is fine. It's okay, but that's not what I wanted. And I, I didn't, I, you know, I was like, you know, if I'm really going to do this, like I want to do, I want to do music that makes me happy that I feel content saying this is my song, you know? And um, we left our ways. I ended up, that's when I met Breezy in 2020. My boyfriend goes, oh, so I have a friend. He does music. Mind you, at this point, we had been dating for two years. I'm like, so when were you going to tell me that you have a friend that's a music producer in reggaeton? Like, hello? Like, why? Why did you not tell me this? And um, we booked a session with him. And wow, like in that, like in that exact moment, I entered that recording studio. I played a beat, like something similar that I wanted to do. This man goes, he's like, all right, listen to this. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly, this is the person I needed to guide me and like, you know, understand what type of music I wanted to do. And, and you know, ever since then, we've been, we've been making beats and, 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 you know, we work really well together. Like he understands what I, what I want. And, and, and that's when I got into urban Latin music and, you know, we started exploring different genres, Brazilian funk. Um, you know, Dembo, Latin pop, and now I kind of, I'm doing a little salsa choque. So, you know, it's it's crazy how life aligns things. And um, yeah, this is a the the Breezy has been such an amazing producer, and he has really amazing um uh people that he has worked for. Like he works at the station down here in Miami, El Sol. So he has produced a lot of music for Alex Sensation, who's a huge DJ in the Spanish world. Um uh, Justin Quiles, also a huge like trap reggaeton artist. So like he has the influence and he's been able to guide me and you know get gotten me into a, a lot of cool events to be able to showcase. And I was like, this is the music that I want to do. And now we're doing Urbano Latino. So you, that that that's amazing, and when you can hear your art come to life like that, there's really nothing that's just more gratifying. We're like, yes, that's my voice. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to be saying. That's it's so incredible. Now you talked about your earlier time where just being on stage singing was something that was hard with your self confidence and so forth. Is there anything else that you see as kind of something that you struggle with? Back then was the fear of failing. You know, I was, you know, music is a very touchy subject and my family has always been supportive, but there was the other side of the family that was not very supportive. They're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to pursue music? Like, you're not going to make 
money out of music unless you have an investor, unless you like, you know, know somebody in the industry. So a lot of these things were put in my head and I, I was afraid of like, you know, failing them in, in a sense. And that, that was something I had to overcome with, you know, overcome. And now I'm in a point where like, I, I don't have a fear of failing. Like, I feel like if I fail, then I'm going to get back up again and I'm going to do it again. You know, that's, that's how I look at it now. And, um, the confidence, I feel like I've, I've definitely gained it. I've, I've, you know, I've elevated it throughout the years, you know, the confidence that I feel in myself and in what I represent and in my music. And, you know, I, I've seen it throughout these years. Like I've had amazing opportunities like I've performed at Times Square um last year I was invited to the Latin Grammys in Vegas and I performed on a showcase over there at the Hard Rock so I feel like these accomplishments that I've been having throughout these three years of my career have definitely given me a boost of confidence and and then it has helped me like you know what you don't need to be afraid you really don't need to be afraid um to attempt something that people classify it as you know impossible to do if you don't have connections in the industry like it really it really isn't um I'm very happy to say I have overcome that and I'm in that mindset where like I don't care what people tell me like I I know the I know what I want to do and and I know my character and I know I'm gonna get there and you know if you're on if you're available to be on this journey with me please come ahead but if you're not then you know cool like nice to meet you and i wish you the best in your endeav endeavors you know you have a strong disposition of optimism a sense of possibility and hope and it sounds like it didn't just simply come about this way you've had your ups and your downs and everything like that but you're looking now really strongly towards the future with a real strong energy of positivity so like what what is it that you are looking at your future and hoping for what what do you want for this so uh for my like my music and my career in for at least this year i've had the opportunity to like you know perform at art basel perform in calle ocho and honestly, like, I just, like, in the near future, like, at least in the next three to five years, I really, really, really want to do, like, a, a little, a little tour, a little small Miami tour. I think that would be something that I want to work towards, too, and, and that I feel that it will create just an amazing amount of, of support in the Miami, uh, in my local community. Um, that's something I'm, and, and when you're talking about like optimism, um, so when it was the pandemic, I, cause I was never this optimistic before, like I was, now I'm like very, very, I manifest a lot, um, very, very positive. And it was because I started reading, um, the magic from the secrets, um, during the pandemic. And that book opened up my eyes to just being grateful for just like, the smallest things that you are not like that you don't realize when you go throughout your day, like, you know, being grateful for the elevator, you know, being grateful for technology, being grateful for your lungs that you can breathe, you know, that you can run, you know, it, it made me realize to be grateful for every single thing. And that's what I started doing with my music. I started being grateful, you know, 
and in the mornings for you know for having healthy vocal cords you know like for 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 my producer for my for my mind i started you know realizing and being thankful for all these things and that has led me to a lot of just really great energy coming into my life and opportunities that have presented themselves uh because of it like i was flown out to uruguay a couple weeks ago to be on a game show that's actually coming out in january and univision but it all made sense because I was there to give a new world, new people, my music. It was the craziest thing ever. Like, just like how things time out. Like, I want for my future, like, and then, like, I want to be able to go on tour. I really, really want to do a little small tour. I want to be able to go to a freaking award show and win best new artists, you know, like that's what I'm looking for. Like I, I want to be like the topic of when you turn on your radio station, oh, we have that, this hot new singer, Natasha Rumbos, you know, sure. I, I hear this in my mind and I visualize it and I know, I know it's going to happen within, you know, the next year. Like it's, it's, and everything that I've manifested and that I've, you know, spoken into existence and with that positive mindset, it has happened. Like the craziest things have happened to me this year and it's all because I've been manifesting it. So you talk about gratefulness and the, the way that you're talking about it is that it, it, it is its own spiritual practice. The practice of gratefulness in the world that manifests and brings forth more great things because of your recognition of the the wonder of everything that you have at your fingertips right now. So with regard to like gratitude as a spiritual practice, how do you practice that? What is your practice? How do you kind of do this unique practice that you have of like your spiritual self? Yes. So in the mornings, very, very important in the mornings, before I do anything else, before I go on my phone and scroll through Instagram and TikTok, I start being grateful for 10 things that happened to me the day before um, or what I want to be grateful for, like in general, that has helped me a lot to kind of like get that going, you know, being that being that grateful mindset and throughout the day, just little small things like I, I like if I'm like going out to buy something like. I'm grateful for the cashier who helped me, you know, like it's just small things. And like, it's all about a practice. You know, once you start instilling that in your mind, you're automatically doing it without you even thinking about it. You know, like you're grateful that you have utensils to eat with, you know, grateful that you have a roof on your head, that you can shower with a hot, you know, with hot water. Well, there's some people that can't shower with hot water. So it's like, you know, like you start do, uh, giving that back into the universe and the universe starts bringing such amazing things to you and it's like and to a lot of people it, it like at least to my boyfriend it was really hard for him to like believe that like being grateful and like um manifesting like was actually a thing and that like things would happen until he started practicing it and started seeing a difference in in life uh, just on daily life and I was like it is true it's all about how you perceive life and how you take everything in everything is energy everything is connected like you just don't see it but everything is connected and you know that's how I feel 
um that's how I do it every day I'm always I'm always grateful for something always man always I feel like that also makes you happy you know it makes you it makes you feel like damn like I'm doing good today like I'm grateful you know I'm grateful for you smiling yo smiling is so important you know I've always and being a bartender I one of the compliments many compliments that I get is my smile they're like, you know, we love, we come, uh, there's this one guest. I, oh my God, he is amazing. He's like, I only come in on the days that you're here because your smile just honestly gives me such warmth and, and happiness. And I, you know, you make me happy to be here. Like I feel so welcomed and I feel like that's one of the reasons why things are going so good for me because I'm, I, that's what I'm giving out into the universe. So I'm going to hit you with something that you really weren't expecting. I want you to speak to yourself 20 years from now. And what is it that you don't want yourself to forget? The things that are the most important about the core of your values and what, what it is that you would say if you got the opportunity to speak to who you're going to be 20 years from now. Oh, my God. I would tell her, don't, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget, don't forget the people that helped you in, you know, throughout your journey of being and, you know, who you are now, you know, don't forget, like, be grateful, still be grateful and humble, you know, at the 20 years from now, I would say like, I'm a mega pop star, mega, you know, traveling and touring, just don't forget the small things, you know, don't forget the, 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 the achievements, the beginning achievements, like, you know, that like getting your first cover of a magazine, getting your first um, fan that asked you for a signature, like, don't forget those small moments and, you know, live, live it, everything, everything that, that is coming your way and that you're, you know, dealing with now, cherish it, live the process, live in it and just continue being that positive person that I know that you are and inspiring uh, people to, you know, continue their dreams and, and achieving them. And you are a, a, a living person that has, you know, proved that you can really make it in music without having to be, to come from money or be connected in the industry. You know, don't forget your, your, your humbleness, your, your, the, your genuine, you know, your warmth. Don't let that, you know, disappear. Cause I know, you know, being in this world of celebrities, you know, you kind of can get lost in there. And I, I, I want to be, you know, a person that doesn't lose, you know, my values, which is like family, you know, honesty, honesty for anything, even though if it's going to hurt you, like, I just would rather be honest about it. And, and, you know, and, and that dedication and that perseverance, um, you know, and family, family is super important, family and friends, you know, I feel like the people that I've been connecting with for all these years in the past that have like I, I can tell the difference in my friends who support me and who don't. And I feel like, you know, don't forget those people, you know, like give them a call. If you haven't talked to them in a while, give them a call. They were they were there from you from the beginning, you know. So yeah, that's what I would that's what I would tell myself. There's young people living. There's young people living. There, there's young people right now that are listening right now. They're in high school and they've got an interest in music. 
what are the things that you would tell them to specifically focus on right now and in the next 10 years to get themselves going where they really want to where they really want to be definitely vocal exercises every day every day at least 30 minutes of your day take 30 minutes to like warm up your vocals find new techniques um to learn work craft your craft you know it's all about practice makes perfect and you know if this is something you really want to do professionally make it a habit to do vocal exercises if you don't have a vocal coach well you got youtube youtube can be your vocal coach. There's a lot of exercises that you can do there. Um, open up your YouTube channel or maybe, you know, uh, Instagram, do your little reels. Very, very important. Social media is like a huge thing with music. So like, you know, put it out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to put something out there. And like, there are going to be people who are haters and you know, it's okay because if you have haters, it means you're doing something right. So <laughs> that's how I see it. So um, yeah, I would just, you know, get get a YouTube channel going or start posting on social media, like small covers, like don't stress yourself out, like do 30 seconds. Um, if you want to practice your your creativity, your your lyric lyricism, lyricism, what like lyrics, um, like what I would do, I would just grab a song that already exists and I would just write my own verse, you know, and that way I would, you know, get practice in just writing lyrics and, you know, it's fun, you know, to post it and, you know, it's like a little feature. So yeah, I would, that's my advice. Like, you know, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. What should we all be looking for from the world of Natasha in the next six months to a year? Okay, and then, oh, you're going to see a lot of amazing uh, collaborations. I feel like collaborations are very, very important. Um, if somebody wants to collaborate with you, don't tell them no just because they only have 100 followers. Who cares? Like, every, oh, man, I just want to say something. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. Like, if people want to collaborate with you in your craft, don't say no. Say yes. Be the yes man. Be the yes woman. Like, say yes to every opportunity that goes your way. Because in every opportunity, there's always one new person that learns about you, you know? So uh, you can see a lot of collaborations coming out next year. Uh, for me, I am having a collaboration with a Colombian guy. We're really seeing, we actually recorded the music video yesterday. And um, so it's going to be a salsa choque. It's going to be very fun, very upbeat. Like you're going to love it. Um, the video is going to come out very, very cool. So watch out for that. Um, like I said, I'm working on an Afrobeat, which is going to be um, a collaboration with uh, with an amazing Afrobeat artist in Orlando. So we're going to be releasing that next year. That's in the works right now. And then um, the game show. So the game show is coming out in January. And I was able to sing Sugar Daddy on the freaking show. And my main goal when I went, I was like, I need to sing my song on the show no matter what. I need to like, I this is my moment to market, pre-market the shit out of my song. So, you know, I was any moment that I got. So this is like a very fun game show. It's a very, it's a, it's a trivia. It's a Spanish trivia game. It's about cultural general questions. And like, I, I told you, I, I'm very strong in English and my Spanish is like 
not i mean it's i can conversate in spanish but it's not the best like there are some words that i don't understand so in this game show they have us on a platform if you don't answer the right question if you just stay silent you drop like 10 feet to the dark pit and you know it was just a very very fun show like you're gonna i'm an i'm in all the five episodes because <laughs> i kept on losing but it's just in every single moment that i was able to talk i was able to talk about sugar daddy in some type of way i was able to like put my sugar daddy in there and and people were loving it like the production team they're like oh there goes sugar daddy like you know it was like i made a mark over there so be on the lookout for that game show that's coming out um, in Unimas. But um, you can definitely get into my social media and I will be a little bit more specific on when my episodes air. So yeah, you can definitely take a look at that. That's going to be next year. So a lot of amazing collaborations, TV shows um, uh, is in the works for Tosh Baby for next year. I love it. You know, you know what I love about you and your story is that it's like it's like the beginning of a rocket launch and you can just feel the excitement in the air and you can get this sense of total possibility and the sky is the limit. Your story is so real because you have struggled. You've struggled at times when you have become um discouraged. Dis discouraged because you felt like if if this specific lane, like for instance, going to school wasn't going to be the thing for you, well, then was music actually a thing for you? And we've all felt that level of discouragement. And then to be inspired back in and really find which lane of music really is your lane and to start going for it and to overcome your own fear of your own voice, which is in large part, your power. Your, for you, your, your voice, it says so many things. It's the voice of your total within giving to the world. And so I, I love that you are bringing the spirit of this upbeat, fun music that is cultural and that is, is, so, is so uplifting to the world. And I, I love the spirit in which that you bring it because your energy, your gratitude, and just the sense of spirit that you have with everything is going to be something that is going to be the strongest platform that you can launch a rocket ship from. And so I'm just so honored to have you on our podcast here and to showcase your story and the where you're going with your career, because it really is an, a wonderfully inspiring thing. Yes, it is. Thank you. That was, I've never has anybody told me about like that rocket ship like comparison and that's exactly how I feel like you know it's like it's ready and it's just like it needs that one thing to just you know like I feel like I'm just like right there like oh we're almost launching you know so yeah it's just and and I do want to say um I want to give a shout out uh, to Brian Sebastian because he was the first person to interview me when I started my music career. He was the first person to ever interview me about my music. And that's when, you know, we had like an hour long conversation. And then after he's like, hey, like, I don't know if you do radio, but I would love for you to be a co-host of mine. And that's where my passion of radio 
started as well. And, you know, the, the people that I have interviewed throughout Brian's show has landed me performing in Times Square for Wanderama, uh, performing at Las Vegas for the, for, for the Latin Grammys. Like, it's just like, it's like a little domino effect, you know? And, and the reason why Brian had interviewed me was because he was good friends with the, the producer that I was working with before. Yeah. Crazy. And I'm like, how does like life, life is just, life is wonderful. And then sometimes you have so many questions about it, but like, it makes sense, you know, it makes sense at the end. And, you know, just a little shout out to him because I've had amazing opportunities because of all the people, you know, the people that I've met through the show and all that stuff. So, and, you know, my love for radio, like when I went to Vegas um, and I did my showcase, I got approached by the program director of La Mega 97, the one that I'm at in Rochester. And he offered me an on-air position because of, because of my performance. Like he's never even heard me like talking in radio. He was just like, I just love your personality. And like the way you just, you know, um, put yourself out there. And like, I feel like I need that in the radio. And I started, I started my, that radio station this year in March, it was right for my birthday. Like the week before my birthday, I got the notification like, Hey, like you're gonna, your first day is um, March 1st. And I was like, wow, is this really happening right now? Like, like me on the radio, like turn on the, like, it's just, wow. Wow, it's um, I'm very grateful for 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 meeting Brian, honestly, and you know, and and just life, and and I'm so happy that I was able to like that we're having this conversation right now because it's just like you just brought me back to just the beginnings of Natasha, which you know it was only three years ago, but it just feels like I've done so much in these three years, and I'm just like, holy Moses, like. I'm really getting stuff done. And like, I'm like I said, I don't have a manager. I don't have a publicist. Like, thank God my communication, like my PR degree, I've been able to use it because I've been really great at marketing myself. Like my, if you look at my social media, like you're like, okay, this girl is a singer. Like, you know, everything is calculated perfectly. The posts, like, you know, my TikTok, my videos, um, it's a, it's a full circle. You just made me like, wow. Like if this is, what's happening and it's been three years I can't even imagine what's gonna be like in, when I hit five years and when I hit 10 years you know like I hope I I want to be the opener of someone something I wanted to say so um something that I've been struggling with like as a new artist has been being the opener I really 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 hate it being the opener because like you know, this happened to me when I performed in Calle Ocho, which is like a huge thing that happens in March in, in Miami. You know, you celebrate the Cuban culture and, you know, there's a bunch of performances. And I was put on to be the first person to perform at 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m. No, in Miami, people don't get anywhere on time. So when I opened the show, I was singing to like 10 people. And like, I, you know, I imagine that I had thousands of people in front of me, but like, you know, that's something that I struggle a lot as a new artist, like being put as the opening person, because like every, then like the people that get there hours later, don't get to see you, they don't get to see that energy. And it's just something like, you know, 
you have to get through as an artist. You got to be an opener, you know, and then, you know, kind of work your way up. But yeah, it's something that has that I have been struggling with and it kind of annoys me. But, you know, it is it is the game of the business, you know, you know, they put the rookies first and then, you know, the ones that are more established. It's it's hard being an opener, it, particularly if the opener is not well matched with the main act, which sometimes can happen. And so then the opener is tasked with the impossible duty of satisfying an audience that came to see a different sound. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that can be tough when you're really trying to get an audience to respond that um, is generally not there to see your, your style. You know, and, and mm-hmm. so it can it can almost be a little bit of a confidence hit sometimes yes. when you're doing that. Yes, you know? yes, I did. That was a confidence hit. And then when I when it was Art Basel, I was a little worried because I they put me as the opener to it. it was a fashion show that they were doing at the Hard Rock, and they had like three other performers, and then I got put like to open up the show. And I was like, oh, my God, is there any way? Like, because I knew the the organizer of the show, I was like, is there any way I can be in the middle? And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, the people that are in the middle have paid $1,000 to be in that time slot. And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad they have the money. I guess I will be the opener. And it was a great moment. I was so scared. But, like, I was able to bring people in. And, and 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 it worked out perfectly because that event was very Spanish oriented. So like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that I had a different sound. Like it was just like not a lot of people. Well, I mean, there was like maybe like 100 people there. But at the end of the night, there was obviously more people. So it was like a nice little crowd. And the the, the first thing that that made me really happy was that as soon as I started singing, phones got pulled out. Like I started seeing fla- like the flashlights from all these phones and I'm like oh my god like these like these people are like I haven't even started singing yet and they're already like connecting with the beat and then you know I started singing and people were vibing if you guys go to my YouTube channel I put the perform the whole performance of the of the nightclub and you see like the girls like oh you see like the people dancing and then as soon as I got off the stage this guy comes up to me and he's like I swear to you I entered this place and I thought it was just a DJ playing the music. And then I realized it was you singing like, holy shit. Like you sound, you sound freaking amazing. And it was like, it was a really nice nightclub. So the the sound system was just, wow. I was like, man, I need to book more nightclubs because the sound system, I was like, wow, I was feeling, I was like, you know, I feel like, I feel like up here. So it was a, it was a nice it was a nice experience. I teared up at the end because I was like, wow, like I've never done that before. I've never performed at a nightclub, never performed for a fashion show, especially during Art Basel. So there was a lot of feelings. It was the first night that I had released my merch and P- and I sold out of my bucket hats that first that night. And it was just like, wow, like I was like, yo, Tosh, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's a... I'm 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 grateful about this journey. This journey has been, you know, up and down, but it's been a really beautiful take on on it and I'm I'm really excited with what the future and what 2024 has for me. Well, you should be because you have the kind of energy that can fill a stage. And that's a really unique job 
for a musical ensemble, particularly when a, a musical ensemble is rather austere, you have to fill the space where some musicians may not be because you're not, you don't have a horn line behind you. You don't have, you know, uh, live music. Sometimes you've got a DJ and a front person. That is a hard stage to fill because you're the one. Mm -hmm. you know? And 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 you're, you have the talent, you have the energy that you can fill that sort of thing. And you're really, really good at it because those videos that are on your YouTube channel, they really show you're you're performing above the level of the venue as you as you're doing it and it's very apparent that you're doing it and so i have no doubt that your road for the next three five seven ten years is going to be one of launching into something really really fantastic and i can just i can just see it because you've got the you've got the x factor for sure that makes me so happy. Yes, I'm, you know, I'm going to take these next couple of years and, you know, and when we talk again, I hope I'm in a different uh, area, uh, journey of my career. And we're going to look back at this and be like, you know what, we did talk about this and look at it now. Look at you. Where are you right now in Europe? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I love looking back at you know, the uh, shows that I've been interviewed on and, and to see like how long it's been and see the new things that I've been doing makes me really happy because I'm like, you know, I'm moving forward. If it, Even if it's baby steps, I'll take it as long as I continue going forward and doing things that I haven't done before um, makes me feel like I'm doing, you know, the right thing and like really going at it. Well, congratulations on three years of launching something that really is quite astonishing and the beginning of many wonderful things. And for everybody listening, NatashaRumbosMusic.com, NatashaRumbosMusic.com, NatashaRumbosMusic.com. It is Ooh. in the... Um, explanation of the description of this podcast on YouTube and on Spotify and on Apple Music so that you can go and listen to the music, buy the merch, go on YouTube and search Natasha Rumbos and you're going to find just really fantastic performances and very professionally made videos and a new rising star. So Natasha, thank you so much for being on Mindful Mutiny. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. It was honestly, ah, I'm telling you, I love, love, love this interview. It was, it was such a really beautiful moment to kind of just remember my humble beginnings and like where I am now. So, you know, thank you for, for allowing me to relive that again. So thank, thank you for, for having an interest in what I, you know, in my music and, and what I wanted to say and, you know, thinking that your audience will really enjoy um, getting to know me and my music and, and, you know, my struggles. And hopefully this inspires other people out there um, to, you know, really go for what you're passionate about and, and have no fear, you know, like be your best self and, you know, and you're going to do it. I think that this will inspire many people. And so what I want to say to everybody is, Please make sure to like and subscribe. Please make sure that you do that. Leave a five-star review because this is such an awesome podcast. And we have such awesome guests and everything. Thank you so much again, Natasha. Now, for everybody in the audience, please go be something great.